This episode is sponsored by Gorgeous. Gorgeous is the number one e-commerce help desk that lets you manage and respond to messages from your site, social, email, and SMS all in one platform. They have built-in automations to handle common queries like order tracking and save your team time and money. Get a free month by clicking the link in the description and elevate your customer experience today. You're listening to the Agency X Podcast. I'm your host, John Sertakowski, founder and CEO at Avex, a New York City-based e-commerce agency for high-growth D2C brands. As always, I'm joined by our e-commerce strategist, David Anzalone. Our goal is to provide some insight into e-commerce, technology, design, and everything in between. Let us know what you think of today's episode and make sure to visit our website, avexdesigns.com. Welcome to the Agency X Podcast. As always, I am your host and I'm joined by David, our e-commerce strategist. Uh, today, we are talking about Shopify Plus and the checkout, when to customize it, when not to customize it, when to add things to it, when not to, and what some of the benefits are there. How's it going, David? Hey, how's it going, John? Um, and you forgot to mention your name, but you're John Sertakowski. <laughs> if anyone who hasn't listened to this, I assume anyone who's listened to this more than once uh, knows who you are by now. But that's not important. Just as a recap, no, not important, <laughs> not important at all. But but yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to follow up on this because we mentioned in um, a few episodes ago about the benefits of upgrading to Shopify Plus, and one of that was being able to customize the Shopify Plus checkout. And a lot of merchants who you know aren't as familiar with Shopify or e-commerce in general, uh, a point that does come up is about the checkout experience and what that looks like and what you can do with it because, of course, it's you know, the final step before a user makes a purchase. So it's where the most attention and care has to go to. Thankfully, though, on Shopify, a lot of that's done for you because they have a very specific checkout flow and design. And that's done very purposely. And John, um, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think... One of the most, well, I know, one of the biggest requests merchants make when talking about Shopify Plus or even, you know, Shopify in general is making changes to the checkout. Now, I think there's pros and cons, and it depends on what changes you want to make for the checkout. Um, the, the, the checkout experience on Shopify Plus is intentionally blocked and you know, they're not really doing that because they don't want you to get what you want. It's more so because it's very well tested to provide a great user and customer experience. It's very well tested to convert sales. And that's mutually beneficial to both Shopify and the merchant. Shopify wants you to make sales. Why? Because, you know, of course, they get paid for those things. They want you to be selling as much as possible. Um, so they definitely have merchants best interests in mind when it comes to optimizing that checkout experience. And I think that's one of the primary reasons why they don't really, whether you're on Shopify or Shopify plus, of course, with Shopify plus you have more, um, flexibility for what you can do for that checkout. But even then you're, you're somewhat limited. Uh, and I think that's good because what ends up happening is merchants with too much control there or people who might be making decisions who 
that that's not backed by data or decisions that don't have the customer's best interest in mind. And maybe they have um, like some marketing reasons or whatever reasons they may have for wanting to customize it. It might not be beneficial to sales. And then you have all these different stores that look very different and have different um, checkout experiences. And really what you've just done now is like take a lot of steps backwards because one thing about Shopify's checkout is that people recognize it and they're more comfortable with it. If you start changing it so much that it doesn't look like a Shopify plus checkout or a Shopify checkout, you know, you start to lose some trust with customers in, in my opinion. Um, so th- there's a reason why it, it, it works and it's well tested and you probably shouldn't mess with it too much. You probably shouldn't try to change it into a one-step checkout because maybe you've heard that those work better um, or maybe you shouldn't try to, to add a ton of features to it or a ton of upsells. You really want to get your customer, at that point, you want to get your customer to just be able to put in their details as quickly as possible um, and be able to check out because they don't they want to do as, as least steps as they possibly can to just make their purchase. Uh, so I think that there's, there's pros and cons to being able to customize it a bit, but um, you also want to be cautious about what you're changing, what you're adding to it. Because that's absolutely going to impact the customer experience. And that has been tested. And Shopify, of course, has put a lot of time, effort, and money into making sure that that's a seamless experience. Right. And single page versus multi-step. And for those who don't know, Shopify's checkout is multi-step. The controversy between the two formats, um, the logic is, well, single page checkout is better because it's one step versus having to go to multiple pages. Whereas with multi-step checkout, it's, oh, it breaks out the checkout experience and it, you know, um, puts into bite-sized chunks, which helps increase conversions. But the reality is most of the data done on checkout formats have found that neither format particularly performs better than one another. They all have benefits and they all have faults. And it really all boils down to how well the execution accounts for the limitations of each method. And for Shopify, they've accounted for the limitations of a multi-step checkout and they've you know, designed their experience to, you know, for any of the downsides of a a multi-step, they've made sure to streamline or account for those. Whereas with the single page checkout for people who are taking it under their, you know, in their own hands to do, they may not have that information to do so. They might be doing it on the pure premise that they think it's going to perform better. And even if you know, take it, let's take the user experience out of it. The more that you modify your checkout, the more risk you have to potentially, uh, you know, disrupting something in your code base that can make actually converting impossible. Uh, Because as the more stuff you add to your checkout, and if you're using a bunch of different apps or custom code and they don't interact correctly, uh, you could quote unquote break the checkout experience and that's bad because no one can purchase. And while Shopify themselves, they kind of update things in the background. The checkout sometimes has to go through updates that you have to manually uh, see through. And if you haven't modified your checkout that much, usually not a big deal. But if you do a lot of heavy modifications to it, then it becomes a bigger deal. And it's one of those things where you don't want to mess with it too much because then it could backfire on you Yeah, it, it's um, a, from that perspective. It's also one thing that sounds really small, but to me, it's huge. And I've actually abandoned checkouts because of this, maybe because I was, I got distracted or just 
I got annoyed. But I'm a huge fan of autofill. Um, whether it's on mobile or desktop, I want to just autofill as much as possible. And sometimes those fields aren't with Shopify or, you know, in the checkout is, is, is coded properly to follow best practices. So, you know, it, it, whether you're on Chrome or another browser or mobile browser desktop, it's going to recognize auto population. There's often times when you may code the field improperly that it could be a simple thing like, Oh, it's not recognizing that it's an email field or, you know, it's not recognizing that it's a phone number field and you can't auto populate. I've been on checkouts, non-Shopify checkouts or like heavily customized checkouts that didn't have that autofill capability just because the browser doesn't recognize those fields. And you have to just basically type all your information again. And honestly, I think everyone's pretty sick of typing in their address a million times. Like I, just please just autofill it. it <laughs> I wish there was a more universal way to do it, but you know, the autofill is huge for me and that needs to be working properly. I know it sounds small, but it's a really big thing. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I often like, unless I want something really badly where if let's say I go on my phone and something doesn't work with autocomplete and I have to go on my desktop, um, I usually would have to want something pretty badly to actually go through with it. But if I'm in like the car or with people and I see something and I'm like, all right, I'll buy it. If I have to, you know, get up my, if I have to put in all my information, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to gonna bother with it. So that totally yeah. makes sense. But I think we could do now is let's shift into, you know, we've talked about why you should or shouldn't customize the Shopify checkout. Let's talk about ways you actually can. And again, if you're on regular Shopify, you can alter through the theme editor, uh, some colors, uh, some default text that's being used. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, customization that you can do. But the customizations that we're talking about are brand new things or, you know, very big overhauls like for button styling or even branded typography. That's something you can only do on Plus and that overall just helps create a coherent branding experience. And those are things I think that um, neither John nor myself would really have any huge opinion on because when it comes to just aesthetics, making your font and brand colors, assuming they're accessible and they're easy to read, um, the more you can make your Shopify Plus checkout on brand, I think just helps the experience overall. Even if it does not directly impact conversions, it still helps with the overall brand experience. And those really aren't the types of customizations that you have to really worry about. But for some others, you have um, one really unique one that I've seen, which is on the brand Iconic. They sell these motivational posters and they have an FAQ in their checkout. Um, that's underneath the, uh, the, prod the order detail section on the right-hand side. They actually have an, an accordion FAQ where users can click through for information like shipping, return details, a lot of information that I think is actually pretty smart because if the user has any doubt at all uh, about you know their order or if they're going through the checkout process and they're like, wait, how long is this gonna take to get here? Can I return this? because it's very easy and it happens a lot, it happens with me, I know it happens to a ton of other people. It's very easy to get caught up in the actual purchase experience where you're not going to go for the FAQ directly. You might be, you know, this even happens after I bought a product. Um, I don't know if you've had the same thing, John, where you buy a product and then you, then you think about, wait, like, like, when does this get here? You know, can I return this? Like there are times where people buy and they don't even absorb any information. Yeah. And, 
you know, rather than having people go back uh, and exit that checkout experience, they can absorb that information uh, right from there. And I think it works a little bit better on, on desktop than it does on mobile because it might be easy to miss. And I think there is some risk of losing a conversion because if- I was going to say that. Yeah, because if the user isn't, you know, if there's something about it that trips them up or they're like, well, um, this like makes me kind of nervous, um, they may not want to complete with that. And uh, John, I'll, I'll let you kind of go more on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good, but and of course worth testing. You want to make sure that one, the information that you're providing is going to um, reinforce the sale and not hurt it. Of course, you want to be honest and everything. You want to be able to provide valuable information, but you want to make sure that that valuable information is um, reinforcing the sale. Two, you want to make sure that you're not linking away from it. That would be the last thing you want to do is get people away from that page. But um, making sure that maybe you're providing reassurances about maybe it's shipping time or, you know, for example, maybe there's a product that has certain shipping delays or maybe it's a made to order product, whatever it is. Instead of having them place the order and not have that information, give it to them up because they might cancel the order. They might return it. Make sure that there's enough information uh, um, that's going to help them. And this is going to be varying from, from business to business. Not every merchant needs these things. Um, I, I think it depends on your situation. And I would also um, speak with your customer service team, depending on how big they are. It might just be as small, but look at the, the questions that you're coming in with. Look at the reasons why you're getting cancellations or returns. If there's repeating reasons that you feel could, could have been solved with some information um, to make sure that that sale was not canceled or returned uh, so that you're wasting money and time, Maybe put the, that information there, build a list. If it's repeating things, things that are occurring all the time, then that's definitely some frequently asked questions or frequently asked issues that you may want to put uh, on this section. Yeah. And, you know, let's take the scenario where uh, let's say you have a product where there's no returns. Um, you know, it's, you know, all sales are final and you don't have an FAQ in your checkout, like most stores don't on Shopify and they buy it, they are, you know, they're unhappy about it. Let's say the reason that, let's say they just don't like it. They realize it's not because it was broken, it was too small, you know, things that most brands would obviously refund or exchange a product for. But let's say there was, there was no particular, or there was no legitimate reason why they wanted to return it. Um, and, you know, then that goes to the experience of, well, sorry, you can't return it. And this person, they have a bad experience overall, and that's not good. But if upfront they, you know, if they have that FAQ there and there's other touch points that that should be there too. If the user doesn't know a product is uh, all seller final by the time they reach the checkout, then that should be called out in the PDP. Let's assume it, it, it was and they didn't see it. If they see it at the checkout and then they're like, oh, all sales are final. Well, I don't know if I want to buy this yet or I might not buy it at all. A few things could happen. The first thing that might happen is they, you know, they, review the sizing guide more heavily. Maybe they reach out to customer support for clarification on something. And it might take a little bit longer to get the conversion, but if it ultimately leads to a better customer experience and a happier customer, then I think that's all for the better. But then the second thing that might happen is they might say, oh, you know what? Eh, I don't really want to get this thing if I know I can't return it and they don't buy it. And of course, they don't make the, the brand doesn't make the sale. 
and that does not reflect positively on the conversion rate. But is it better to get a, is it better to convert and lead to an unhappy experience that might even result in the brand having to refund the customer anyway, depending on the interaction? Or is it better that they know that upfront and either take the time to make sure it's something they want or it fits you know, their specific needs or even just not buy it at all because they didn't really want it that much or that was just too much of a, a you know, a, too much of a blocker for them. They might be like, okay, that doesn't lead to a negative experience. It just leads to a lack of a lack of a sale. And I think, you know, it's you might have instances where they buy the thing and it ends up being perfect and there was no problem at all, but you're still running the risk of someone having that bad experience, not having that information up front. So, I, you know, it's a it's a blessing mm-hmm. and a curse. I would say having an FAQ on a, a pages, but of course, that information should probably not be the first, the FA, the checkout should not be the first place that information is, is on there. It really should be more for reinforcement. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And there's, there, there's definitely some other ways to um, some other enhancements like um, uh, upsells. And uh, I know that that's been, there's been back and forth on different apps used there. Do you have any recommendations on what apps to use for upsells or ways to be able to have upsells in checkout? Yeah, there's there's two. Actually, there's three main ones. Um, the first one is uh, Rebuy. Um, Rebuy, we've talked about it before. Um, some of our clients actually use it. It's really great because imagine every single type of cross-sell opportunity that can exist on a website and Rebuy offers all of them, you know, cross-selling in the cart, the the homepage, PDP, checkout. And it's really great because it integrates seamlessly. It's very easy to swap uh, offers in there. And it's pretty much almost like no code, no frills. The on- almost customization you'll have to do is you want to make it match the on-brand styling. Um, so that one's really good. Then you have Order Bump and their entire purpose is... Uh, have adding cross sells to the uh, checkout pages. It does exactly what it says it does. Um, if you only needed a solution just for checkout cross sells, I would go with Order Bump. If you're looking for a solution that provides site wide cross sells and upsells, I'd go with Rebuy. And then I think um, a newer update, I believe Bold, their upsell uh, cross sell solution now supports the checkout experience as well. I believe I could be yes. I could be wrong. And if you're already very familiar with Bold's suite of products and you're using them for other purposes, then I think it makes a lot of sense to utilize that because Bold products work great together. So if you're using Bold for subscriptions or for locations or for whatever purpose that you have for them, because there's a lot. Um, then it makes sense to use bold upsells to strengthen the suite of products that you have and have them be all work together with something called Bold Brain, which is their, um, it's not really a personalization engine, but it collects data on how people are shopping on your site and actually promotes on the back end what types of cross sells you should have. And then if you have on a paid plan, it does have some front end implications, but those are the main solutions, three solutions I'd recommend for that. Yeah, and I think Shopify had recently made some updates to the checkout, to the API, and to like allowing Shopify Plus certified partners like Bold and some others to be able to have some more flexibility with customizing the checkout when it came to like upsells and cross sells and things like that. Um, so definitely worth checking out, but um, I, I do think that there's been some improvements and some changes there over the past few months or some things that are coming out. Um, 
yeah, what other ways, what other, what other um, ways can uh, merchants customize the checkout? I know I have some, some things that I, I, less of customizations, more about payments, but before we move on to that, any other ideas or examples that you wanted to go over? Yeah. Um, a f- yeah, a few. Um, and Pure Vita bracelets, uh, they're probably one of the biggest brands on Shopify, Shopify Plus, and they sell jewelry, uh, especially bracelets, as the name implies. Uh, beyond cross-sells, they also execute things like scarcity timers. That's where you know you say, hey, your order is guaranteed for X amount of time. Whether it's actually tied to any functionality or not, I can't say for every brand where I've seen that, but it is a way of motivating a user. It, it does two things. It lets a user feel confident that, you know, if, if they're buying a product that's quick to sell out, it gives them confidence to go through the checkout at somewhat of a leisure because they know that for the next five minutes or nine minutes, their order is guaranteed. But it also sort of, you know, lights the flame uh, to get them to motivate to purchase quicker because they're running against a clock and they're able to see the clock. So it offers a little bit of an anchor. Mm anchor there. I'd say it's, it's, I would call it only a controversial feature only if it's not actually tied to anything. But again, I, I can't, I can't confirm. <laughs> I don't believe them. I don't believe any <laughs> of them. I, I think it's really good for drops. Yeah. Like, you know, we've had some cost, we had some um, merchants, especially in the streetwear space or the footwear space. Um, um, uh, ask for countdowns because of like you have a lot of people who want these limited edition sneakers that just dropped their collaboration or something and they're holding it in their cart and that holds that inventory. And then they're, they're able to check out when they want, or maybe other people are trying to get it. They put countdown clocks and it's only available for X amount of time or it's only available in your cart for X amount of time. Um, you could do that with sales if it's tied to a sale. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a way to, to, to adjust that, but I know you could do it for like sales or you could do it for, um, uh, making sure that someone's not holding something in their card. So I, like you said, as long as it's tied to something somewhat meaningful and it's not just some arbitrary countdown clock to fake um, urgency, then um, I'm all for it. Yeah, don't have it on all the time. Um, only have it on when you're running a drop or promotion or huge sale because then especially repeat customers, and that's really where you've got to you've got to worry about that because for one-time customers who've never interacted with the brand, who may not be familiar with what's going on, they have no way of verifying if this has always been this way or not. But for your repeating customers, even if they were going to buy anyway, and that feature would almost be useless for them in most cases, assuming it wasn't related to a drop, that still might not come across the best. It's people don't like people don't like to be manipulated, especially if it's very easy for them to tell they're being manipulated, not to say that they are with this feature, but yeah, it has a, per- like, like everything, there's a place and time to use it and all the time isn't it. Uh, but moving on from there, some other things I've seen brands do is having a, uh, sh- like a shipping CTA um, that's actually tied with a cross sell where they say, Hey, mm-hmm. you're 20, $20 or you know $10 away from free shipping. And that's, Right under it is a cross sell where, you know, if the user actually clicks on the cross sell to add it to their cart, the bar updates and says, yeah, you're eligible for free shipping. And that's a really powerful way of getting that cross sell because it's tied to some actual incentive. I've always said, whether I've said it on this show or not, that the best cross sells are the ones where there's some, there's some meaningful component to it, whether it's a compatible product where if, uh, you know, if you're buying a, 
let's say you're buying a really high-end uh, ink pen. Well, an easy cross-sell is ink because you'll need ink to use that pen. <laughs> that makes sense. It's very compatible. I, I think compatible products, you yes. know, um, that's the whole point of how burgers and fries came to be. People eat burgers and fries and that's very compatible. The other way is, is to tie it to some salient offer um, or benefit like free shipping saying, hey, um, dough, Dopey, they sell this edible cookie dough. They do a great job at, this isn't part of the checkout, but it's still part of the free shipping CTA. But um, they have it where uh, they say, hey, um, like add X more dollars and uh, we'll upgrade you to free uh, two-day shipping over their standard one. And they have a cross-sell that's already in their cart, which went, which is conveniently the exact dollar amount needed to get them to free shipping. Um, I can't say if it's a coincidence, but I would guess it's not. Um, but stuff like that's really powerful in my mind. And if you're able to incorporate in the checkout in a way that makes sense, it's not too overly complex and it's not mess, you're not modifying your checkout too heavily. I really like it. The, uh, the last two that I'll bring up really quickly are custom breadcrumbs. Uh, you, you know, when you have the different stages in the checkout of, of contact information, uh, shipping, and then payment, you can customize that to be a little bit more on brand, but you can also make them a lot clearer. Uh, Shopify's one by default is okay. They're just words with, uh, you know, arrows next to it. Uh, I've seen some brands actually put like, make those breadcrumbs really large. They put like a huge check mark or a huge active state on the particular stage of the checkout they're in, which I think is really great for not only branding, but visualization. And then lastly is uh, if you're using like a loyalty program, like loyalty line or smile, uh, you can actually add a points redemption slider where you can choose to redeem some of your points for a discount that almost acts like a a coupon code um, in a way. But those are a lot of the main ways that I've seen modifying the checkout. And those are those tend to be a little bit safer. Um, the ones that aren't either aren't so safe or tend to be a little bit uh, going too far. Um, I'll use Ivory Ella as an example. Um, and they have, you know, they modify their checkout extensively. Not only do they have, um, you know, additional things to it. Like they have cross sells. Um, they have like a thing where it's like continue shopping button, where if you click the button, it takes you back to like this, like the homepage. I think it goes a little bit too far because if you look at it on desktop, the layout's kind of wonky. It doesn't look like a Shopify plus checkout. It actually pushes a lot of things in a weird place where it's hard to find information uh, on mobile. The cross cells are all stacked on top of each other and it like pushes everything down. And I just generally disagree with having a continue shopping button. The best practice for a checkout is to try to keep people in that experience, not to take them away from it. Because as soon as you get a person clicking on continue shopping, they might get distracted, they might get bored, they might leave. So, um, you know, that's, that's my take on it. Uh, John, if you want to weigh in on that as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's going back to what I said earlier is like, there's a reason why, um, you know, that the checkout is the way it is and it, it's to help conversions. I think, you know, obviously no one could see what we're looking at right now, sure. but um, I think this is a clear example um, of a clear example of going a, a bit too far. Um, and that's, that could be multiple things. We've heard this from merchants time and time again is like, Hey, we want to change this. We want to move this around. We want to want a single page or we want to customize it because of X, Y, and Z reasons, but not really putting the customer first and making those decisions based off of maybe what, you know, some executive said or, or somebody requested something or they saw it on another e-commerce site. 
<clears throat> that could lead you down that path of, of over customizing it and actually hurting conversions. Um, of course, you want to make sure that it has all the, all the information that's going to benefit the customer and, and it's going to be something that reinforces the sale. Uh, but you don't want that to be at the expense of a bad customer experience or hurting conversions. Uh, that's the last thing that you really want to do. Um, on top of that, I mean, I think what I don't know if all of these examples that you mentioned are using it, but one thing that I feel really does help improve the checkout experience um, for me, both for me personally and the results that we've seen are using shop pay. Now there's a few reasons for that. Like, and I think, you know, re regardless of the other things that you have going on your site, whether they're upsells or like additional FAQs or uh, adding some customization to match the branding. I think w a lot of customers, when they see shop pay, especially if they've used it before, it's, it, it's gives you a sense of security. Like, you know, that it's secure because it's through Shopify you know that when you click on that button, if you've checked out with it before, you don't have to put in your details all again. Um, you could use the app to track it. I'm a big fan of checking out with ShopPay. I think it's insanely easy um, and really fast. So it's one of those things that like, same thing with like, you know, maybe it's an Amazon button or it's the Apple Pay button. All of those things like kind of reinsure customers. And I think the ShopPay is a big one for me. Like, I think that's one of the best things Shopify Plus has or Shopify in general has going for them is that Shopify, that shop pay. Um, you know, you don't have to do it really much to, to add that. It's just enabling it in, with, with the payment gateway. It doesn't involve customizations. Um, at the end of the day, if your checkout, I think should be branded to your, the look and feel of your store, definitely should have your, your logo on there. And I think shop pay is a huge value add. Um, all of those other things, yeah, they could help. All the other things that we spoke about, they could help. But, as David said earlier, the more you start customizing things, the more likely it is that it's going to hurt rather than help. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of keeping things simple. And again, big fan of the shop, shop pay. Uh, I think that's a, a, a huge thing for merchants. They should be taking advantage of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I don't even see um, a regular Shopify checkout anymore on any of my devices unless a brand uh, isn't using them. And there's a few brands that make the conscious choice to not use shop pay. And I know some of it's like a legit, there's mm -hmm. logistical re there's like logistics reasons for it yes. too. Um, especially if you're using location, yeah. location reasons, like depending on where you are, yeah. um, that it might not be enabled everywhere. And then subscriptions, um, you know, that has its own, its own thing with mm -hmm. that, that too. But you know, for the most part, it's so easy because it's at most, I just have to put in my, my email and then enter a code um, for my phone yep. to confirm that it's just me, which I think is great because it's a safety measure, especially if you're, you know, on a family computer, which I know maybe may not, ex I don't know if that exists anymore. I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what like the, you know, the younger families of today are like versus when I grew up, but, um, you know, I don't know how many people are sharing a family computer, but in, in, in case there is, you know, it helps prevent a, a, your child from accidentally, you know, going to lego.com and, and checking out uh, like a, uh, like a you know a product that's really easy to do because their information is already there by having that like security point it just kind of helps protect that but no I think it's like a great idea or a great thing to have since it's launched and honestly in certain ways you you know you may not even need to customize your checkout all that much um, if you notice a lot of your customers are paying with shop pay and you can actually check in Google Analytics, you can um, 
there's a few ways to do it, but in Google Analytics, you can actually check how many people are um, using ShopPay to uh, to like purchase your products. It'll get registered. The one thing to note there is uh, shop pay purchases are considered referral traffic and can muddy up that data. So you'll just want to do some uh, exclusion, set up like an exclusion rule to say, hey, disregard shop pay as uh, referral traffic. That way it's not getting messed up in there. But no, overall, I think it's an amazing thing to have. I, I use it. I like it's literally got me to buy things I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's gotten me to buy things I wouldn't have otherwise, but it's definitely, um, I definitely get a little bit, I just find it a lot easier. And when I do see it at the end, like I'm less likely to abandon it, less likely to, <laughs> to abandon it, especially if it's, um, especially if it's something that's more of like a um, impulse buy, right? Impulse buys your more likely to maybe abandon those at the end if it's like, hey, did I really need this? Um, and yeah, it's definitely helped help help push it through. So um, if you are on Shopify, I would definitely recommend enabling that. Um, outside of that, just like kind of recapping, provide valuable information at checkout. If it's FAQs or additional information, it's going to help support the sale. Um, uh, upsells, cross sells, those are really important. But as David said, as long as it's something that's complimentary, nothing that feels forced, um, th that's something that's super important. Uh, and also being able to, uh, what was the third one that we spoke about? Uh, oh, I mean, the features that are related to, uh, for anything that you're doing, right? Like free shipping CTAs, scarcity timers, yes. uh, scarcity you know, timers. loyalty redeeming sliders, all those features that you do they have to just benefit the user. If you're doing them because you think it's going to benefit you guys, it's probably not going to go over well and not going to serve any place. So whenever you're modifying the checkout, you have to think, you have to answer this one question. Is, is, my, is this going to be an addition to the checkout that is going to make the experience better for the user? And if that answer is no, then it's probably not something worth doing. For sure. And uh, now that we um, came to the end, my headphones are about to die. So <laughs> I think we're going to wrap this up now. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again next time.